Tune in to KBU Wednesday, June 8th at 9 a.m. for the second installment of our podcast series on criminalization, produced by the Center for Intercultural Organizing. We'll hear stories about profiling, criminalization, and featured commentary by CIO staff. Again, that's the second program in our criminalization podcast series, one produced by the Center for Intercultural Organizing. Wednesday, June 8th at 9 a.m., here at your community radio station, KBOO Portland. KBOO at the Clinton is our monthly film series at the Clinton Street Theater. The film this month, Pinkwashing Exposed, will play Thursday, June 9th at 7 p.m. Pinkwashing is a term used when entities engaged in terrible human rights violations promote themselves as gay-friendly to improve their public image. Israel is the country most famous for this strategy. Pinkwashing Exposed explores how pinkwashing works and what activists are doing to fight back, including activists from Seattle who succeeded in 2012 in canceling high-profile queer events and more. Again, that's Pinkwashing Exposed. Thursday, January 9th at 7 p.m. at the Clinton Street Theater, 2522 Southeast Clinton Street in Portland. More information is available at kboo.fm on the right-hand side of the homepage under Community Events. This is KBOO Portland, listener-powered, non-corporate community radio. Ah, uh, my city's so pretty. <laughs> Rather my town so down. Uh, we like it when the sun shines. Because <laughs> we don't have that year-round. No. We up there where the air ain't shitty And the water ain't brown, nah, nah, yeah uh, This is for the 541 If you admit it, uh, that's how we get yeah. down It's summertime in the huge, 12 o'clock and it's hot Been waiting all winter, now it's finally popping Cruising with a little Susan and we riding the block 89.4, run and say goodbye to the top, bye <laughs> It's a beautiful day, it's a beautiful thing When the sky ain't its usual gray If you grew up here, it's likely you ain't new to the rain If every day was like this, I wouldn't have moved to the bay, but hey Sippin' booch and beer, cause it's a sunny day and we probably get two in a year, shit. <laughs> and so we floatin' the rest. You been the nudie rock, you already know what it is. Hey. McKenzie, baby, or whatever the spot. It's like a frenzy, baby, when the weather gets hot. Plus, and henceforth, I say it do it do. Which furthermore makes me very thankful yeah. I moved Check to the Eugene, 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 Eugene is where I'm from. You are tuned into Poetic License. I am your host, Taria Autry. This is how we get down the first Monday of every month on KBOO Portland. So thanks for checking out the show. This episode is all about Eugene, Oregon. And that track you were listening to, the one and only Lafa Taylor. Straight out of Eugene. But hey, I got a lot of poets on deck, so I'm not even going to talk very much. I'm going to turn it over to Jorah, the amazing host of the Eugene Poetry Slam. Hello and welcome to the last open Eugene Poetry Slam of the regular season. Give yourselves a big round of applause for being here tonight. This is it. This is the last chance for folks to compete before the finals next month. So to start off tonight, I'm going to let you know who's going into the slam. As always, these names have been chosen by Random Lottery. And tonight we're going to get to hear from Russell. Denise, Steve, Tawny, Sophia, Sierra, Davin, Melissa, Sebastian, Andrew, Robert Bowman, Joey, Sonia, 
Dave and Joe. Going into our open mic, we're going to start off by hearing from Isabel, Richard, and Jasmine. Let's welcome Isabel to the stage to start us off. Isabel, this poem is called New Year's Resolutions, Four Months Later. You are pointing to the list on the bathroom mirror, tacked up in the corner to remind you of the way you ought to be. You are sitting on the edge of the bathtub crying, and I've run some cold water from the sink into a glass, and I'm handing it to you, saying, stop this. For one, you do not have to walk around repenting anymore for some made-up inadequacies you never asked for, and a life still alive, warm and breathing and young, just because you aren't done becoming doesn't mean you must believe you are imperfect. Two, this list is just another thing you've made, whose meaning is in being just a thing, next to the pictures of your friends drinking beer in the backyard, amongst the cigarette butts, and this being somehow your proof that you are happy. Don't you understand? The world doesn't need you to be happy all the time. Three, there are seeds turning into big, wet, fat trees, turning wet and black in the winter, not always lovelier or better each season, but becoming each season something new. Four, God will not come here in glory to judge the living and the dead and base his choice on waist circumference or faculty recommendation. You have choices too, you know. Five, your dog has asked me to ask you why you bark so much. Your dog thinks there are only five other dogs in the world, and all he takes stock of is which ones are the waggers. Six. Taking multivitamins will not make you any more than you. There is no such thing as being more than you. Only the task of being kinder to everyone, starting with kinder to you. Number seven. Keep biting your nails and keep chewing your ice. But Jesus Christ, do not go make a list of things you've failed if you don't finish. Do not know the word fail anymore. Let it be just some unfamiliar sounds. You are better than fail, and I will not be your platonic plus one to your cousin's stupid wedding if you don't take this resolution list down and rip it up savagely. Right now, shreds of expectations falling at your feet like servants, bowing down, asking, what do we do now? What do we do now? What do you do? Now you know that this is your year, because now there is nothing to hate yourself for. No more. Listen, when your juice cleanse ends and your straight A's go to hell and there is no answer anymore, no golly, ain't she swell, no infinity, no love to fall back into to fix everything, no fixing, and you still are getting worse sometimes and need to, how dare you forget that who determines your self-worth is you and only you, and this is our year, so try to be closer to fearless, but Isabel, you say, stop yelling at me. I hadn't noticed when you quit crying. Now you're staring at me, smooth and evenly, water still salting your face. I lower myself to sit next to you and look up and say, listen, I don't want to be skinnier anymore. Even if I were, the boys who hurt me would not suddenly call up to apologize. Listen, I love you because we haven't insisted on either of us becoming something different or not yet 
and this should be our year because we say so, because death is not the deadline, because poems aren't for winning, because happiness is chosen, because boyfriends are for suckers, because perfectness <laughs> is ugly, and this year is ours to destroy or make love to, so which will it be? This is the year, kid. Let's show them. Welcome our second open micer, Richard Grimaldi, to the stage. And now I ask, is this a poem? A fucking poem? I really don't know what a fucking poem is. As, a, as if I ever studied this shit. Maybe instead it's a neo-narcissistic narration, elaboration, celebration, or an early attempt to receive your admiration. And to close our open mic for the first time at the, at the Eugene Poetry Slam, please welcome Jasmine to the stage for this time reader. My religion does not take place at a church, a temple, or even a mosque. My religion takes place at Tsunami Bookstore. I walk through the shelves filled to the sky with books, and I wonder, is this what it's like walking through the Sistine Chapel? I see shelf filled with copies of The Catcher in the Rye, and I'm reminded of when I sat next to Holden at that bench at the zoo, watching the carousel spin round and round while buckets of rain poured on us both. I see a copy of One for the Money, and I'm taken back to when I worked with Stephanie Plum and we found out who really killed Carmen Sanchez. I see shelf after shelf after shelf filled with each Harry Potter book and I'm transported back to when I stood with Harry as we defeated Voldemort. Each of these stories make up my own personal Bible. Each line is a quote I can look up in the table of contents. Each story is scripture given to me by my God. Well, some may ask, if this is your religion, then who on earth could be your God? To tell you the truth, my God never stays the same. My God, wait for it, they're a shapeshifter. One day, I can swear to you that my God is J.D. Salinger. The next, it's Harper Lee. One day, my God is Louisa May Alcott. The next day, she is gone and replaced with John Green. I might just have enough time to say hello before that God is gone and replaced with a new one. My God is forever changing. Now, one good thing about my religion is how easy it is to convert someone of any age. I could stand in a room full of first graders and watch their eyes light up as I tell them the adventures of Junie B. Jones and how she hates being called Junie Beatrice Jones. I can reread the grim fairy tales to my grandmother and watch her eyes shine as she remembers the first time she heard Cinderella. I could stand in a room full of my peers and say, my thoughts are stars and not fathom and consolations. And most of you know what I'm talking about. My religion welcomes all ages, races, and genders. As long as you'd like to read, you are welcome at the Church of Owls. Absolutely important to continually acknowledge the ridiculousness of putting Olympic-style numbers on people's <laughs> soulful expressions, which is exactly what we've come here to do tonight. And if I could somehow Get us all to pledge that we would show up for each other if this weren't part sporting event at this same level of hype and excitement, then uh, I would do it in a heartbeat. Let's welcome our sacrificial poet to the stage to get things ready. Please, hands together for Miranda. Notes on loving your best friend. One. Wrecking ball when she asks you to soften the blow 
Remember to know your limits and tell her you love her. And tell her that you will stand far enough away until the swinging stops too. Landslide. When she tells you she's not falling, remember to tell her you love her. Remind her how she has always been your rock. Point out to her what gravity looks like and remember to stand far enough away until the dust settles three crash landing. Remember, you can never stretch yourself thin enough to become safety net when you have always been cocoon. Remind her that you will be here to tend her bruises when she meets you at the bottom, ready to pick herself back up. Four, remember to keep your promise. Five, Remember to tell her you love her. Six, remember to tell her how your broken heart, your deepest secrets, and your darkest days have always felt safest in her hands. Seven, remember to tell her about her hands and how they shake like her earthquake anxious heart is trying to escape through them and tell her that you know how it feels when the shaking doesn't stop but remember. You cannot make the shaking stop. Eight, memories. When she tells you she's a different person, believe her and love her anyways because memories are precious but so is metamorphosis. Nine, find a way to speak your truth about how your trust in her to get through this sits in a field of warning signs that you have spent your whole life learning to read, speak honestly about how you cannot see horizon, how you cannot navigate minefield. 10, remember that friendships aren't built to last forever. Entropy mm -hmm. is at work here too, so remember to tell her you love her. It takes a shit ton of courage just to get it up here. Woo! And it yeah. takes a lot of presence to hold space for this many people being this open. So to everyone who is playing both those roles tonight, thank you so much in advance. It's all that really matters. Woo! All right, let's play on deck is Denise. Please welcome Russell to the stage to Woo! kick things off. My grandpa was a real life cowboy. Hmm. He'd spent many nights on the range and never once thought as some people were taught that his bodily functions were strange. <laughs> he had such unusual freedom, like stars in a clear western sky, to do what to him came naturally, like birds that just know how to fly. I remember walking with Grandpa when, right after we'd eaten our meal and how he'd break wind without missing a step and how good <laughs> that it made him feel. He said the best thing about passing gas is the good that it does for your heart. And it often contained that tranquility that comes from a real good fart. <laughs> the fart memoir is a whole genre. Shelf. Okay, excellent. Please welcome Denise to the stage. Men. 
Pause. Pause. You heard me, bitch. You cannot have this juicy girl. <laughs> no. <laughs> Not now. Just when it's getting so damn good. <laughs> Go find another gal, pal. One who'd give it up long ago, or one who never had it. Protracted waves of orgasmic bliss is a habit I'm just getting used to. You dare threaten me with paper-thin tissues? Just when I've come to grip with all my issues? Verily, I tell you this, you cannot have this uterus. <laughs> so don't come around here with your unending torrents, peekaboo spotting, senior moments, tip of my tongue, blind alleys. Don't come around here with your peri or even your pre. You cannot have these ovaries. As for my other assets, these sweet beleaguered curves still fresh from decades-long battle for my affections, don't even think about it. You think you got the last word on irritability? Come around here with your hot flashes, I will give you 50 lashes. So away with your dry, wrestling shrouds, your greedy fingers plucking at the last remnants of my youth so recently woven into rich, storied, Tapestry. The guard is up, and I will rally them every day against your creeping stealth squad of age. To me, wisdom, compassion, eros, unfettered by gout, doubt, guilt, or shame. To me, all ye muses of the great middle age. Let us ride long and far the sweet frothing crest that sweeps life's shallowing shoal. Still possessed of youth's joyful force, but teeming now with more subtle energies. Let us ride. And when, as we must, we crash and foam, spinning ourselves upon the shore, let us with grace and noise create a spectacle of beauty, and with a sigh, rush on inland as far as may be. Let us leave no grain of sand untouched by our passing. Yes, sisters, gather round. Let us glory in our triumph over ever underutilized youth, while standing fast against craftier foes. As for you, menopause. <laughs> Come back when I'm 60. <laughs> if you dare. Please welcome Steve to the stage. All right, Woo! Steve. Why should I think for a tangible minute that any of this is for real? Because I can sense in the pit of my gut, from the hairs on my head to my heels, because I can taste what I put in my mouth or smell when I breathe through my nose? 
or register what's right in front of my face or hear with these ears I can't close? Because of the nature of nature's surroundings, the heat and the cold and the wind, the snow and the rain and my will to complain when it doesn't agree with my skin? There's reason and logic, the science of science, the powers of forces unseen, atoms and galaxies here to forever, within and without and between. But all of the facts that we cling to is honest, while carrying on with our day, we freely dismiss in the midst of our dreaming, believing implausible plays. And as to the questions persistently pleading across this terrestrial plane, thank goodness for artists and grand storytellers to soothe our insufferable brain. From poets to painters to preachers and teachers, all plying their trades to explain. But if you step off the express for exploring, there's no hopping back on the train. So sitting and staring out windows, I wander through fields of dreams in my room, my mind then reminding myself of the matrix, then thinking about that spoon. Please welcome Tani back to the Eugene Poetry Slam. I found him in my bed, haunted, as though each of the chambers of his heart were a room infested with phantoms, and for a moment I forgot. The ease with which he makes me laugh, or my hope that once the honeymoon is over, each small joke and awful pun will still make me joyfully erupt. And for a moment I forgot how when he kisses me, I feel it all the way down, or how he was the first to make me feel safe and cared for and valued without vanishing the next day as though he himself were a phantom. I forgot these things in the face of his ghost whom I met in my bed that night, pale-faced and wandering as ghosts so often do, drifting out of the rooms of his heart to wander the caverns of his arteries and waves along the weary-worn paths of his veins, filling him up until his ghosts were all I saw, and somewhere behind them all, him. Small and unassuming, a child waiting out the storm. He would return when it was safe again and his ghosts had gone, but ghosts such as these, they never leave. They hold on like a tick in the skin, like a hook in the gill. They seep down through the muscle and sinew and soak in through the bones to make your marrow their home. Mm. No blessing nor exorcist can drive such ghosts away. These ghosts become you. And there they were, all wrapped up in my bed, and I forgot everything but what we were, he but a man and I his shelter, curling around him in an effort to shield him from such hauntings. With the weight of my body and the heat of my skin, I held his ghost to me. Ghosts do not scare me, I whispered into their phantom ears. Ghosts, their company I keep, they haunt me in my sleep, follow me on the bus, 
in my car, winding around the world in ever-narrowing circles, I keep ghosts of my own. My ghosts become me, I told him, whispered through the ghosts that would become him to reach him where he lay, waiting out the storm. Your ghosts, your scars, your dissociative amnesia, your PTSD, it does not scare me. And when he told me these haunted house stories, I listened as best I knew how when I held his hand to keep him near. I will be your talisman, my hand said to his. I cannot keep your ghosts at bay, but I can keep you floating. And when his voice began to shake and break, and his eyes staring not at me but at the ceiling began to grow wet and red, I thought him so beautiful, and when he could no longer speak, I kissed him. Ghosts do not scare me, my lips said to his, for I am haunted too. Let our ghosts keep each other company, for the skies are a sea of phantoms. And when the rooms of your heart flood, as they surely inevitably will, I will not let you drown. Please welcome Sierra to this day. Self-involved indulgent poem. <laughs> I was born a rabbit. In the morning, I awoke a hoppy toddler. My grandmother said I was graceful, walked on tiptoes, silent. I was born among wolves. Their teeth tore me, their words ate me whole, but I was reborn, a phoenix, like the tattoo on my dad's arm, the same he used to crush my mom and fling me 2,000 miles west. I was born a traveler. I don't stay anywhere. I will run if you try to catch me. I was born a deer bounding and leaping away from all that scares me. But everything scares me. I'm a strong coward. I will remain unscathed. I was born a lamb, soft and trusting and stupid and naive. It's easy to kill a lamb, put a bag over my head, drag me away, I won't see it coming. I was born a falcon, swift as I am, sharp tongue I have. I often catch larger prey than I intend to. I'm sorry. I was born a woman. The only home I have is my body, and it fits me like a glove. My mom says I was born an adult. An elderly woman told me that I was not an old soul, but a real little old lady. I was born a bird. I nest and defend. I am territorial for someone with no property. I was born a piglet, close to the earth, a dirt baby, if you will. I am at home when I am on the floor. I was born a willow, I weep in the wind, and I hold strong. Only lightning can bring me down, but maybe I like it. I was born a bear, I bite, bite my friends and I bite back harder, but to be honest, my roar is worse than my bite because I was born a lover. I'm disguised as a fighter, but when fists come out, I just want a group hug. Why can't we all get along? I was born white trash. My mom grew up in trailer parks and cornfields were my playground. It's in my blood. I was born in the bottom of a bottle and I know I shouldn't drink. Mom and dad should have showed me the worst of that, but I guess I never learned. Because I'm a tailor. I fix and I create where I go, but I'm no good at patching myself. I was born a mother. Maternal instinct in a childless body. All I've ever known is how to care for others, but I'm too tired now. Go play outside. 
I was born disposable. Use me and throw me away. I know I'm nothing special, because I was born confused, and I don't know where I fit. I was born a shapeshifter, all-purpose girl. Give me a task and I'll do it. I was born a starter, the first girlfriend, but never the last, because I never finish anything. I was born a fire, but baby, I will not burn out. Please welcome David to the stage. Wait, it's on my chest. Wait, I have to take a breath. Wait, it's dragging me down. Wait, let me catch up. Wait, I can't handle the pressure. Wait, don't do it. Wait, I've got someone else's emotions on my brain. Wait, you have so much to live for. Wait, expectations. Wait, is the struggle really worth it? Wait, the whole life is a giant wait. Wait, this is the stress of other people. Wait, I don't feel it anymore. Wait, I kind of miss the wait. Please welcome Melissa to the stage. Mania calls to me from the playground of my mind. Come and play with me, she cries, where the spinning thoughts wind. She calls for me, come dance and play. The night is young and come when may. My frenzied pace will lead astray. And astray I follow through vibrant halls, through sexual dreams and shopping malls. I try to sleep, but thoughts do flutter. They spin like tops amid the clutter. On a conveyor belt, they slide in and around and through my mind. They just won't stop, just grow and grow. I try to sleep, but thoughts do flutter. I run rampant through the manic haze. I write and I think and I sing and I do. My thoughts are like flowers in bloom. A raucous combination of colors and scents. It's glorious and frightening, erotic and tameless. So beautiful. I'm beautiful, like a goddess, sensual and gracious, demanding and craving. The conveyor belt of my mind continues to wind it in and about and up and down and in the corners I can feel the medicine creeping in like a lurid fog above my, around my feet. The thoughts do whirl like some kind of crazed blender, a joyous sweet frappe of convoluted thought. I fight to keep speed, to keep what feels like me. Me, the me I was as a teen. Ambitious, boundless, taking on everything, taking it all in from coffee fueled writing conferences where I stayed up for days to the night we invited our neighbors over at midnight to have donuts and they showed up in their pajamas. Me. In the fragile time when you develop who is you, I was loud, unapologetic, daring, devious, sexual, a tease, but sexual. So it's no wonder the manic feels like me. It feels organic, like the real me, the me I wish to be, until it becomes a problem. But it takes all the fun and games. Sometimes stakes are high. Reputation, occupation, home and hearth. But the call is so tempting. Just one night won't hurt. Just one missed dose. Just a little time stolen from sleep. 
I try to contain her, but she is who she is and she wants it all. There is no relegating her to an hour. She wants more and she takes more. And she giggles in glee at this poem. To be immortalized, acknowledged, given her due. And although it is only 9.30 at night, I can feel her plotting to engage me far into the morn. Just one more line, just one more thought to paper. She calls for me as I lie sleeping. Come play with me. Please welcome Sebastian to the stage. Love listens. Love whispers like a kitten. Love is a failing and a falling. We sing of what cannot be otherwise felt but by this singing. <laughs> Tie me to a string and sing to me of colors coming from some quiet monument to the human heart. Coming from whispers and whiskers, wistful and impossible, it wishes for so much more than the heart could hold. Whispers all the while as the sun rises and the moon falls and all stars shudder in the heart's expanse and dance in the name of a light which is not ours, though we hold it all as if it is ours to hold and fold ourselves into its softness and distance, and kiss distance on the cheek, and speak to it as if we could keep it with our speaking, and what we kiss cannot be kept, and we sleep where so many others have slept, and wept and weeping becomes its own sleeping in which we dream and drowned and the seams that bound us leave us bruised and splayed and the sound love made never stays and it dissipates back into silence hmm. there in silence love sings tie me to a string and bring me to a sacred place Bring me to the center of a single heart. Start from a single beautiful place and break yourself open on the back of the spine of the one you love. Burn now in the silence of the sun. You are listening to KBOO Portland. My name is Teria Autry and the show is called Poetic License. And this episode is featuring poets and music from Eugene Oregon. Thanks so much for listening and tuning in. We've got more of the slam coming up after this musical interlude by the Cherry Poppin' Daddies.
some pressure to make a diamond It takes some losing to win a soul It takes a bleak house to run away from It takes a warm bed to appreciate the cold tuned into Poetic License on KBOO Portland and I am your host Taria Autry. That music behind me is the Cherry Poppin' Daddies. This whole episode is all about Eugene, Oregon. A funny thing happened to me when I decided to visit the Eugene Poetry Slam. I got asked to be the feature. I got to hang out with my sister Bethany, my good pal Favor, and I had a fantastic time. But let me get you back to Jorah and the Eugene Poetry Slam. Please welcome Andrew back to the Eugene Poetry Slam. The only sanity one ever knows is one's own. So comes the appeal as a plea from the individual. Forgive me my sanity. Tis the only sanity I have ever known. In the heart of your sanity, please just forgive me mine. And this first individual is given a testament as a newborn. The parents, aunts, uncles, doctors, Come certifying, some merely obliging the new sane person. Just like them, ten fingers, ten toes, and off the sane little babies go with all of those perfectly sane parents taking them home. And these parents are perfectly sane, so there isn't any fighting or any lots and lots of fighting because this would implicate the parents who are still children implicating their parents who are still children implicating their parents and all of the children and the parents are sane! Sanity! Sanity, my dear friend, only one I have ever known. You are a symptom of a complicit agreement between a long line of people swearing before thrones and before dynasties that if anything is wrong for any reason whatsoever, it most certainly isn't their fault. Yes, they are determined to be confident that there is nothing wrong with them or with their families. Good old chaps, through and through, from sure place raised by sure people. 
make them any better. Individuals fighting and screaming and gnashing their teeth are condemned to be just like one another. Well, anyways, <laughs> forgive me well my mental wellness. <laughs> oh, here, hidden in the birth contract, a clause which states, handle with care. No, really, man. Someone forgot. People are broken all over the place. And it says, handle with care by all their broken bodies. Please welcome Rob to the stage. As a pragmatic student of evolutionary psychology, I know that love is, first and foremost, a cynical and calculated mechanism for getting a couple of lumbering primates to hook up and produce offspring. But we are nothing if not machines for perpetuating our DNA. Having said that, love is the single biggest source of our greatest music, art, and literature to say nothing of joy and wonder. Love is the warm, silent, blissful energy circulating through our bodies as our entangled limbs lie limp, following the heat of passion. Love is the millions of sperm cells careening at breakneck speed out of my testicles, down my urethra, each one hardwired with a stubborn focus determination to deliver my genetic material to whatever ghost of fertility might still linger inside the postmenopausal beloved. <laughs> love is the rainbow spiral kundalini fountain of energy piercing the center of each one of my vertebrae shooting out the top of my head being triggered by her entry into the subtlest realm of my thoughts <laughs> love is when she says she likes smelling her pussy on my beard <laughs> And I respond by explaining how much I enjoy applying the smell of her pussy to my beard. <laughs> Love is the silent, unspoken knowing, vast volumes communicated at a glance of her wise and aged eyes. The pain and vulnerability worn on her shirt sleeve like a doorstop permanently wedged into my heart, lubricating the machinery of compassion and devotion. Love is being granted the supreme privilege of sliding into her sweetness, her lily, her orchid, her lotus, the center of my world from which my from the center of my world from which life comes into being and into which I try to come as often as possible. <laughs> Love is the single most defining characteristic of the vast ocean of silence, clarity, and peace into which I'm occasionally able to dip a toe during my most profound meditations. Love is the sloppy, blurry line separating countless reflections of my beloved on one hand and my fleetingly inadequate glimpses into the divine on the other hand. Please welcome Joey to the stage. It's the conversations of our generation that bring medications for those changes. Initiation of integration, neutralization of imbalanced nations, enterprise, big business, incorporated where they feed us lies, crimes acquitted, truth eradicated. It's manipulation of the situation. 
violation, falsification, association, complication. What's your interpretation of the observation with interactive transaction confirmation placement of your location separation? Alienation, just like immigration, discrimination of race, color, age, origin. We must identify, specify, clarify, and verify. Notify the markets preoccupied with the profit margins. Salesmen with a large grin screaming, bargains! But don't forget the surcharges. You step right up for your products and services. Excess purchases for superfluous purposes. Your curses. What's affected? Yes, the earth is in our resources. Now every day is a prayer for my whole life. Right now, it's a prayer for eternity. Blessed be serenity, not by the presence of accessories, but peace for everything that we see. Every day on the streets and the dirt and the scum that lie beneath false beliefs like it's all pretty and just fine. We are living in a world full of lies. Stick of it, vomit, spit it back in your eyes. Take a good look at what you fed us our whole lives. But there's no running water to wash off your face. Fear, famine, you can't get away. Enslaved for shit wage until you hit your grave. Well, it's a nice ornament for the holiday. I think I'll pay a hundred times more than was paid to have it made. Many things we obtain are from corrupt ways of trade. Betrayed straight from the raid to fade, but not too late to take aim. There's no shame in who is slain throughout the game. Main objective is to frame the tame. Blame the hate from which you came. Tip, sit, trip down memory lane. Stained by the brains that remain the same and never change. Take a break from the artificial highs. Licking up and down the candy canes of all the guys. For the cameras, glamorous in the spotlight. We prayed and burned sage at night. But to sustain her gain, the fame preyed on her life. She said, that's the price you pay. To get paid to entertain, but with the overwhelming pain, she became deranged like a chain gang claimed insane. Well, it's a good case after all. This country of capital has been spoiled rotten. Greedy feeding, obesity, the needy been forgotten. Consume and waste as your doom and gloom take place. There's no room to disgrace our pride. Or look outside on the streets. Indulge in our heat. Others got cold feet. The winter wind doesn't warm their sheets. Is this what you think when you drift off to sleep? Well, for goodness sake, awake. And take shape, shift your relationships, each quick with that you click with, sit and lit up your mind. Friendship, the gift, dips, lift, and guide. When your patience is tried, it's a spit and grit that humbles your pride. Don't quit or fit about the pits inside. That's the center of the fruit that nourishes our lives. All these obstacles, problems to solve, it's just opportunities to help us evolve. Shine light, shine bright, spread love and peace, y'all. There is a sadness in my heart. It started out small. I was just a little child. Crying and craving for my desires. I'll always search, but they'll never bring me back my own happiness whenever they become mine. When my blood rushes through my veins and I come too close to you and I hold your hand, hoping you'll let me hold on to you like that first day. My throat is constricted with holding back tears. Regret eats me up like a cavity. I struggle to move on, remembering the past, but I leave most behind. I finally decided to keep my heart in your hands. If I could only have one wish in this world, it would be to dream of you endlessly. I've held you in me for too long, and finally you've come out. I'll keep on waiting for you to kiss this pain away, no matter how many times that I will die.
I put my face in my pillow, wanting to run to you with tears in my eyes. Your eyes slowly cut me open, your invisible knife you do not know that you hold. I didn't know there'd be this much pain hiding you in me in a cage. Within my heart, in all its little broken, missing pieces of my past, and now you are part of it. You do not know each time that I am not him, and you put your hand to paper with your black pen. He kills me slowly with your knife in your hand. But no matter how much pain I'd show you I'm in, you wouldn't feel a thing. I don't know if I should speak or remain silent, but I know nothing from me can express our pain. Maybe my silence will return for a little while. I may not come see you or speak to you for a while. Facing every day is closer to the last. You do not know I tell myself that this is the last time, this is the last time. You write seven songs just for him. This saying, no one can complete you, is something I cannot believe or understand. I seek for your love, a dark mystery to unfold. I am restricted to freely cry in front of your eyes, for if you cannot complete me, I do not know who else can. Is it me who can? I'd rather be asleep dreaming of you than feeling, than facing reality and dying in tears. If you don't come for me, I'll believe that it is better I'm alone, so I don't break any more hearts in my time remaining. Last night I cried like I never cried before. I struggled to breathe a couple of times, breathing in air as my heart slowed down. Now I'll leave the stage with a question in my mind. What would you do, my delicate flower, if I were to let go of you completely forever? Please welcome Dave to the stage. This is the Ballad of Babbling Bill Brooks. Way out west, in eastern Oregon, where the sun and the wind both burn, folks tend to speak one time, and then not again. They are reserved. They're taciturn. Of course, there'll always be exceptions any time you set a rule, but those reticent ranchers of Oregon will not long suffer a fool. We call Brooks a cowhand, old babbling Bill, for the way that he talked on and on. He'd bark in the bunkhouse till he fell asleep, and then he'd rival the roosters come dawn. He'd drawl during dinner, he'd ch 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 chatter through church, he'd harangue at the wood stove each night. Bill burbled incessantly, all of the time. Nonsense, poppycock, twaddle and tripe. Bill blathered blandishments. Bill bantered with barbs. He would bicker, he'd blaspheme, he'd boast. Beaming, Bill blabbered big buckets of bull. <laughs> Babbling Bill Brooks was verbose. And Bill drew attention like, like a lantern draws smelt. He would, he would rhapsodize, he'd orate, he'd preach. Bill's oral spigot twisted hard to the left. He was a, a spurting seepage of speech. Bill backtalked the barber who bucked his bald head. Bill would blurt out the punchlines, the jokes, babbling. Bill Brooks just would not shut his mouth, which began to bother some folks. They barred Bill from the bar and the bistro. Then they banned Bill from barn dances, too. Still babbling, Bill Brooks bloviated along until the bats banished Bill, too. So Bill went back to busting Broncos and Brandon, back to riding the wide Zumwalt Prairie. But 
even alone. Bill's discourse flowed on bestowing bovine homilies. But even Brahma can take just so much. And as Bill braided some burgeoning screed, those once mellow doggies fled in disgust. A flat-out bad bossy stampede, which, which bottled the verbal of babbling Bill Brooks and bottled Bill's bubbling words, and we'll never know Bill's last words. Although, they will forever be heard. <laughs> Poor Bill's battered body, bruised, busted, and bent, was buried back behind the barn beside the wall of a river where, by God, even now, old babbling Bill Brooks babbles on. To end the first round, let's welcome our friend Joe to the stage. So where's my Tony? I mean, seriously. If I'm thinking correctly, I deserve nine Tonys and one Grammy, because you made a musical about me. My life, my clothes, my scripture, my beliefs. Oh, it was all in good fun. I mean, the music was well-written, superb, best of the year, two thumbs up, and I'm not even being sarcastic. But I want what's owed to me. I really don't mind if people make fun of me. The song Spooky Mormon Hell Dream, clever. Evil Dancing Starbucks Cups, clever. It's funny, I get it, because I don't drink coffee, so growing up people would try to trick you to drink lattes because it's silly, it's stupid what you believe. So my doormate was from Pakistan, and they tried to sneak him ham. I understood. I see you, because they think it's silly, it's stupid what you believe. I understood him. See, Han and I became, became fast friends. Even though I grew up in a rural area, he was a lot like me. When we met, before he told me his name, he said, I'm not a terrorist. And I said, me either, because I didn't understand. What I did understood is that we started our days the same, both with a prayer on our knees. Both our religions had a holy Sabbath. We don't have sex. We don't drink. Well, we tried to talk like we knew what sex was, and we drank. We never knew when to stop, so we always threw up, and we started yelling at God, and then we yelled at the same God and woke up saying, I'll never drink again because we were so hungover. And I by no means am saying I understand and have experienced Islamophobia. I hurt for Han. When he was there, there was hate speech, and sometimes they killed two birds with one stone. They said, do you know what your people have done? Do you know what you have done? Do you know what you believe? If And I'm sorry. And I know people have done terrible things, hateful things, hurtful things, murderous things, and I'm not trying to make up for it. I've slammed before that you know me. I'm not trying to justify or defend, and people who claim they believe the same things as me are just extremists. And I just want to represent me. Judge me by my actions is my plea. I am it. It is not me. I ask my ideas and my dreams and words define me. Because when a man pulled a gun on me simply for what I believe, for what I was wearing, see, it's humorous. You can dress as me for Halloween. Maybe it was harmless. Maybe he was just trying to kill two birds with one stone. Pay no mind to how you treat me because I could just be a stupid kid with a white shirt and a black name tag who should just go home. And I was constantly yelled at Han and to Muslims. And not just to Muslims. People want to turn away refugees. A presidential candidate doesn't want to let them in. This may be too bold, but I can say he cannot win. Not only tolerance, but peace toward people, toward their religion. We have to make a decision. Which side are you on? Now, you can make fun of me for Mormon parties because we don't drink, but you won't find me on a party associated with tea or the GOP. So I get nervous each time I read. Because I show a different piece of me, and I'm scared that maybe everyone's listening is conditional. See, people can't feel unsafe, scared because of their beliefs. And I don't even care if you believe in the same thing as me, or God, or anything. And maybe I'm just complaining and ranting and unreasonably upset. And I just don't want people to hate me. Or to hate, or to hate anyone, because I just like to love people. And come on, the musical, it's Broadway, it's tongue-on-cheek, right? You know, it's funny. See, that means it's just a joke, you know, about you. And we, we wrote it, because we understand you. It's tongue-in-cheek. See, the scripture that says, turn the other cheek, is not really what you think it means. Because in Hebrew, my dad explained to me, it means when someone backhands you, you turn the other cheek so they have to hit you with their palm. Showing that you're an equal, a human being. 
representing equality. Islamophobia will not stay. This is a new age of progressive hate day. We don't hate people for how they love or walk or talk or how they pray. Musicals from my scriptures and jokes from my prophets. Maybe you can leave the Quran alone. When people hear the name of my church, I expect them to question me. What I say, what I think, what they think of me. More importantly, people can be taught now. They can be educated who are maturing now. They must know that we don't vote for intolerance. We don't vote for hate, for ignorance. You can't give Trump the finger with one hand and give awards to people with the other. See, Han was a friend to me. He cared about me. That's really my point. Is that people need to know they are people too, just like you and me. But on the upside, now in a song for four minutes and 43 seconds, you can understand what I believe. You can understand me. Thank you so much for checking out another episode of Poetic License with me, your host, Taria Autry. If you would like to hear more about what I'm up to and what I'm doing, for example, teaching classes fully online this coming school year at Portland State University, visit my website, www.tariaautry.com. That's www.turiaautry.com. This is the fabulous community radio station known as KBOO Portland. I'm going to take you out with a song called The Return by The Architects. Also from Eugene, Oregon. Have a fantastic month. Put the needle on the It all used to be based on a set of fundamental principles To be successful nowadays, integrity is minimal In spite of all that, it's boom bap when we rock a beat We keep it old school, it's not a claim, it's a philosophy What happened to just rapping and casual party crashing Down to rock a set, even when it's Harley cracking Beatbox, cypher, freestyle, interaction Intimately passionate, wordplay, put into action Laid back, six pack, maxing on a good day Off the top, knowledge yourself, on some hood game we kept it going, knowing that one day it would change And every time we rock it, I still feel like it's a good day Still the last of a diet breed, strive to be alive and see Die before my poetry reaches its purest potency I stay alone and think, avoid those who know in me A modern age and what they lost in space was fucking loyalty Feasting on the soil and green speech is just me blowing steam Glowing gleam, corroded jeans keep me on the road in dreams But now I'm permanent KBU Community Radio is proud to broadcast locally to Portland, Corvallis, Hood River and everywhere in between. But what if you're too far away to listen to KBU on the radio? Never fear. There are many ways to connect to KBU no matter where you are. By listening online, KBU offers two web streams that are compatible with iTunes and most media players. Even if you're on a slower connection, you'll be able to listen to our original music, news, and public affairs programs. Find out about how you can listen to KBU anywhere you want to be by going to H. TTP colon backslash backslash KBOO dot FM backslash listen. Open your eyes. Open your eyes. This is KBOO Portland. Open your eyes. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Radio Theater Hour. 
Tonight, it's the Ubu Hour, and do we have a show for you. That means something. Soda. In the next hour, we bring you suspense, excitement from Uncle Milty in the crime thriller heist radio drama called The 7-11 Caper, written and directed by Martin Dodge. And we also bring some clever and astute political commentary on the presidential election in a radio play called Olinsky and Goldman and Man 